2: I was in the office we were sitting there and I think Amy was like oh my gosh oh my gosh and I was like what what and she's like uh this person is Beyonce stylist and they want lingerie for the formation tour and I thought it was a scam and so I was like right nice try does like just ignore them and then I was like okay well it would be really cool if it was legit so I sent emails to a couple of my friends who work in the industry and they were like we know him but you need to respond right now
0: you're listening to Side Hustle Pro, the podcast that teaches you to build and grow your side hustle from passion project to profitable business. And I'm your host, Nikayla Matthews-Okome. So let's get started. Hey, hey guys, welcome back to the show. Today in the guest chair, we have Ade Hassan. Ade is the founder and director of lingerie brand Nubian Skin, She was frustrated by the lack of skin tone choices to go with her ever-expanding wardrobe, so she decided it was time for a different kind of nude. Inspired by trailblazing woman Eunice W. Johnson and supermodel Iman, who created Fashion Fair and Iman Cosmetics, respectively, Ade decided to take the leap and create Nubian skin herself. It's been an uphill battle, but as she says, every revolution starts somewhere. Today, Nubian Skin has redefined what nude means, offering essentials in different colors with current pieces including bras, underwear, hosiery, and shoes. When Ade set out to create skin tone choices that actually matched her skin tone, she had no idea the level of interest she would generate. Today, Nubian Skin is stocked in leading stores such as ASOS, Nordstrom's, and she even styled the Queen Bee herself, Beyonce and her dancers for the Formation World Tour. On today's episode, Ade shares how she transitioned from a career in finance to creating an impactful and highly sought-after brand. Let's get into it.
2: All right, welcome to the guest chair, Ade. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being here. So in your own
0: words, who is Ade and what does she do?
2: Um, well, briefly, um, I'm Ade Hassan and I am the founder of Nubian Skin, And Nubian Skin is a brand of lingerie and hosiery, which provides skin tone undergarments for women of color.
0: Awesome. So your background is not in fashion, right? You started your career in banking, did a little
2: consulting. What was your original career path and goal? So I um, sort of studied economics and English and then did a master's in finance and development. And um, soon after that, went into banking. Um, it was something that I had wanted to do that had always been part of my plan was to, was to try out finance. But I always knew in the back of my mind that I wanted to be an entrepreneur one day. And what do you think drove that? Was it part of your upbringing?
0: You were raised in a little bit in Nigeria, a little bit in London, right?
2: Yeah, I was raised in a lot of places, Nigeria, the US, um, the UK. And yeah, I think both of my parents are entrepreneurs. And um, when I was little, I'd always say, "Oh, people, you know, so oh, what do you want to be when you grow up?" And I say, "Oh, I want to be a businesswoman, like my mum." <laughs> and I just, I really liked the idea of, you know, sort of owning a company and and sort of doing something that you, you really had a passion for.
0: Then, how did the idea for Nubian Skin, just the original, you know, raw idea, come about?
2: Yeah, so I get I get asked that a lot, and. um, I suppose it was born out of frustration and my own personal experience of constantly going into places and wanting you know, nude, nude, a nude bra or tights that match my color. Um, I remember I'd had one brown bra, which I found randomly. It wasn't even my skin tone, it was just brown. And I'd kept it for years, and I mean, it didn't even fit properly. But I remember sitting at my desk, um, I was at um, a consulting job and a job I wasn't really enjoying. And it sort of popped into my head that, you know what, you've you've been thinking about starting something. You want it to be in fashion. This is something you can't find. Why why not make that one it? So you have this great idea. Then what? Were you immediately laser focused on bringing it to life or were you kind of just like, <laughs> you know? Well, so it's probably everybody's biggest hurdle is money, right? And so I sort of thought about it and I was excited about it. And I thought, you know what, this one has legs but I knew that I was going to need to save a lot of money to start it. And so um, shortly thereafter, actually, about five months after that, I um, I changed jobs and went back into finance because I knew I could earn more money and save more money that way. So I came up with this concept in the spring of 2011. um, Didn't actually launch Nubian Skin until 2014. So there was sort of a three and a bit year gap. Um, between actually the idea forming and me actually executing. Wow. And I understand you shared your
0: idea with your mom and she kept encouraging (laughs) you to actually do it. This is not typical for Nigerian moms, right? Like, talk to us about that.
2: I think, to be honest, I am incredibly lucky because I have two parents who, yes, they want to meet, you know, follow a very sensible career path, but they are both dreamers and they both have accomplished things which um, I think a lot of people have looked at them and said, why in the world would you do that? And so I think that they they were comfortable because they knew that I had a good degree under my belt. They knew that I had good work experience. And they'd also been through several cycles of me deciding to leave a- employment and do something else. And so they had seen that I was, you know, I could always get a job. Um, <laughs> and so I think they thought, you know what? let's back her. This thing has legs. They, I think they believed in the idea and they believed in me. And so they said, you know what, if you're going to, and I think when they also saw that I was willing to put all of my life savings into this, they were like, right, she's serious. And and so they supported me, which is, it is risky. And I was leaving a well-paid job, but I think they saw the potential. Um, and and they were, yeah, they were very supportive of my dream. That's awesome. And,
0: you know, you've mentioned a couple of times, like this thing has legs. So it's clear that you kind of knew like in your gut that this is something, this is a great idea and this can go somewhere. So when, when was that light bulb moment and what did it involve when you finally
2: said, I'm going to bet on myself and develop this thing? So I had, you know, I'd made up my mind when I sort of went back into finance that I was doing that with the, the main purpose of, Um, funding this business idea. And so I'd done some research and couldn't find anything like it. I knew that there were a lot of women of color in the world like me who wanted a product like this. And so, you know, I knew that the, the business case was out there. You know, you do get a little bit comfortable when you're making good money and you're, you know, you're busy and you're working hard. And it kind of kept getting pushed to the side. I had told one friend about the idea and that was in 2012 and the following year just after my birthday in may 2013 this friend sent me a card and across the front it said it's time to start living the life you've always imagined and on the inside she'd written this lovely note about how she loved the idea she thought it was going to be amazing and one day she hoped to see me on the cover of forbes and literally the next day i was like right let's i registered the company um started the registration of the trademark process and then it was really go, 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 because I was like, you know, I need to make this happen.
0: Right. So what were some of those biggest hurdles that you faced in the very beginning and how did you overcome them?
2: I think probably one of the biggest ones is I started shooting off emails to, um, to people, you know, factories that I could find online and nobody came back to me. And that's a really discouraging thing when you get so excited about something and nobody else seems to care. And I realized pretty quickly that even though I had a passion for this thing, I didn't have any experience within the fashion industry, let alone the lingerie industry, um, and I needed some professional help. And so I um, contacted a consultant who'd been working in the industry for over 30 years, uh, made her sign a non-disclosure agreement, and then told her about my idea. And she said, you know what, this is actually something really interesting that nobody's doing. Um, And she gave me some advice about how to approach actually – sort of understanding the industry a little bit more and um, getting into the industry via trade shows and meeting manufacturers, which was incredibly valuable.
0: How did you go about actually creating this from scratch? As you said, you know, this didn't exist. So you went to trade shows, but then actually like making this product, how did that come about?
2: So the, the, the trickiest bit at the beginning was the colors. Um, and those took me a year to develop because essentially there were no factories which had these colors and and so they had to be custom dyed and so for me that was a process of going to different makeup counters that had you know a significant offering for women of color and sort of speaking to the makeup counters sort of asking them what colors were most popular trying to match that to a pantone shade getting that back it was wrong sort of Matching it, swatching it on friends, swatching it on myself and saying, "Okay, this needs more yellow or more red or it needs to be deeper. And and just doing that back and forth, back and forth, back and forth at the factory in the dye house until I got colors that I was satisfied with. And then honestly and truly, it was just a matter of saying, what's my end goal? And you put the end goal and then you say, where am I now? And then you plot every single step, just work backwards. So I knew that at the end I needed product and I needed a website. So then it's like, right, you need a website. How how do you do that? You need to find, you know, a developer. You need to figure out if I need to develop this, then I need a factory. If I need a factory, then I need, you know, c- colors and fabrics and all the rest. So it's literally just working backwards from where I wanted my end goal to be to where I was and then doing it one step at a time. So had you quit
0: your job at this point or, you know, were you still kind of like in the initial building phase before you
2: quit? No, so I was still working full time. So when I sort of got really excited and got back on board with everything, that was May 2013. And so I was still working full time. I went part time around June, July, 2014. And, you know, spoke to my boss and didn't fully tell him everything, but um, he was happy for me. I said, you know, I, I want to be out of the office a little bit. But for the client, I will still be full time. They will never know that I'm not directly in the office. um, And did that up until December 2014. And so we launched the website October 2014. So I was still working um, for three months post launch.
0: Wow. And you know, what a great boss too. (laughs) Not many of us can approach our bosses and, you know, say, hey, I want to go part time. And how can we make this work? And they actually are open to it.
2: Yeah, I think I was really, really fortunate. I had a great team, but also I made sure that they knew that I was a hundred percent committed to the deal that I was working on. And so, and it was closing in the December. So I knew that there was a natural end and, you know, their concern was making sure the client was, and my concern was making sure the client was properly taken care of. And I just made sure that that was done. Okay. Um, and so if that's done, then, you know, people are a little bit more open.
0: Yeah. So it's 2014. Now When did you actually get that first sample back or the first few samples? What was that moment like?
2: So I got the first few samples, I think it must have been July, maybe early August, actually, of 2014. And I remember the the box arrived in the office. And at this point, a couple of my colleagues knew what I was doing in the (laughs) office. And they were like, oh, my gosh, I think, you know, like. And so then I open it um, by reception and I I started crying because I was just like, I can't, like, it's here the physical product is here, you know? And so that was, um, yeah, that was a really, really great moment. Wow. How emotional. And it's almost like you kind of knew that life would never be the same. Yeah. Cause then you, you've got, it's tangible, right? It's no longer just like this idea that's searching around. It's actually something that you've got in your hands.
0: Yeah. And did you love the products or did you still have to make changes at that
2: time? Like what went from that moment to actually putting these items on sale? Um, so at that moment, I, I knew that they, they were good because I had been to do an inspection of the factory and they were, they were sort of like getting things done there. I signed off of the samples and made changes. And so this was like the final sample. Let's talk a
0: little bit about brand awareness. You had an interesting experience with you starting to generate buzz for and Skin, right? So walk us mm. through that experience of getting that initial customer interest.
2: Yeah. So I, again, was just really, really fortunate. We did an amazing photo shoot with some absolutely stunning models and it was such a fun day. I just remember it being like just amazing. And I had about 50 followers on Instagram at that time. I think they were all my friends Um, (laughs) and uh, you know, had put up this picture of this image of four girls in the lingerie and I'd gone on holiday and my phone just kept buzzing and then I hit 100 followers and I was like, ooh, this is so exciting. i not realizing that that actually wasn't that impressive. And then at the end of the week, it was 1,000 followers. And then in four weeks, it was 20,000 because that image had gone viral. And so the mainstream press was starting to pick up on the story because it was trending on Twitter and Instagram. And they were like, hmm, this is interesting and this is new. And so at the time, the website wasn't actually live. We just had a blog and so we put an email capture so people could sign up for when we, we went live, um, which was really effective because essentially by the time we launched, we had a list of about 20,000 people who were wow. um, who were signed up waiting to sort of hear when we were going to launch.
0: That is amazing. And you also had some celebrities tweeting and, and sharing, which is amazing. We
2: did. We got, um, I mean, we had Tandy Newton who tweeted an article about us. We had... I'm um, Kerry Washington. treated an article about us. Beverly Knight. I mean, it was just, it was, it was like the perfect storm. You <laughs> can only imagine, like,
0: just starting out, haven't even gotten the boxes out the door. So now, when you initially started out, you were thinking primarily what business to consumer. When did you evolve to think about business to business?
2: So um, I got an email from um, the head of women's wear buying at ASOS. And I was petrified because I was like, "What is this? Like, I don't understand." And I, um it took me a moment to realize that that was actually an amazing opportunity because that kind of exposure is unheard of, and it's unheard of for a new brand, quite frankly. And so, you know, sort of did some research on wholesale and how that worked, and went into the meeting and kind of, you know, it's almost speak it to you, and make it. Like mm-hmm. I had. You know, I printed up Priceless and Wholesale this, and she was really lovely. And she literally just said, you know what, this is new, this is innovative. I know that we've got customers who need this. And they were my first wholesale customer and our first stockist. And it's just really amazing when you see brands and companies that are willing to take a bet on a new company because they see it as something that's been missing in the market.
0: Right. And at that point, how did you switch your business to adjust for like this new, this whole new financial model? Like you have to reevaluate margins and everything.
2: So yes, you do. Um, And, you know, at that point I was really, and and I don't know if it was stupidity or naivety or whatever, but it was definitely, I just thought, you know what, I'm just going to say yes and I'll figure it out Um, (laughs) because it was just such a great opportunity and sometimes you do just have to close your eyes and take the leap, and then I hope it works out.
0: Hey guys, it's Michaela here with a quick word from our sponsors. Okay, I have a side hustle hack for all to hear, and it's called Skillshare. You wanna know how I grow as a businesswoman? I keep learning. There's not a week that goes by that I'm not checking out a refresher class or a deep dive tutorial. And my go-to is Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning platform with over 18,000 classes in business, marketing, entrepreneurship, you name it. So whether you're trying to start a side hustle or scale your business, Skillshare is there to keep you learning and thriving. In the last month alone, I've learned how to set up my email capture landing page on Squarespace. And how to boost my email marketing using MailChimp, all through Skillshare. And now, Skillshare has a special offer just for my listeners. Get two months of Skillshare for just 99 cents. That's right, just 99 cents. To sign up, go to Skillshare.com slash Hustle Pro. Again, go to Skillshare.com slash Hustle Pro to start your two months now. As side hustlers, we're in the business of turning our ideas into value. The thing is, we need time to cultivate fresh ideas, which is exactly where our sponsor FreshBooks can help. FreshBooks makes cloud accounting software for creative professionals that's so straightforward to use. You'll save hours every week and have more time to let your creativity flourish. If that's not enough incentive, the FreshBooks platform has been rebuilt from the ground up. They've taken simplicity and speed to an entirely new level and added powerful new features. I can't cover them all, but sending a branded invoice in under 30 seconds and enabling online payments in two clicks is a good place to start. There's also a new projects feature where you can invite employees or contractors to collaborate and easily share information, files, and updates. If you're listening to this and not using FreshBooks yet, now would be the time to try it. FreshBooks is offering an unrestricted 30-day free trial for all my listeners, no credit card required. All you have to do is go to freshbooks.com slash side hustle pro and enter side hustle pro in the how did you hear about us section. I'm gonna ask one more thing about these opportunities that come to you, but then I kind of, I have an interesting question about your advice for those who, you know, may not have things land in an email to them. So I'd love to know about, how you ended up styling the hosiery for Beyonce's
2: formation world tour. <laughs> um, I know that was, that was interesting. We, I was in the office we were sitting there and I think Amy was like, Oh my gosh, Oh my gosh. And I was like, what, what? And she's like, uh, this person is Beyonce stylist and they want, you know, like tights or oh, not tights. Actually, it wasn't tights. We didn't do tights. We did um, the lingerie because okay. they had a lot of see-through stuff. Um, and she said they want, they want lingerie for the formation tool. And I thought it was a scam. And so I was like, <laughs> right. I was like, nice try. No, I was like, just ignore them. And then I was like, okay, well. Would be really cool if it was legit, so I sent emails to a couple of my friends who work in the industry, and they were like, "We know him, you need to respond right now um, <laughs> and so I did, and I was like, "Hi, we'd really, really love to work with you um and then we were like channeling Beyonce and like playing Beyonce in the office, we were like, like, have Beyonce vibes and he wrote back and was like, "Yeah, we'd love it. You know, they knew her size already, they knew her color, they knew what all the dancers needed. And yeah, that was that. It was pretty ridiculous.
0: And so for someone who's starting out in fashion and they want to start to get their items into these major department stores,
2: do you have Mm. any advice for those people? I do. So it's funny because a lot of times when I talk about it, you know, I do talk about the ASOS story and that is definitely an anomaly. To get wholesale accounts, it is a lot of hard work and it is a lot of investment. And so one of the things that we do and probably our only marketing spend is on trade shows. And we go to trade shows and we showcase our product and we go to trade shows that we know that the buyers within our industry are going to be attending. They can be fun because you sort of get a little community of people who you see again and again, but it is hard work and it's not always the most glamorous or interesting thing to do, but after they see you, and, and it's not always immediate because you have to just keep going. And A lot of times people will look at your product and go, "Mm, that's interesting, but they won't necessarily place an order that season or the next season or the next year. But eventually at some point you will see somebody and they will have seen you and you'll have registered and they'll go, you know what, this makes sense. We actually would like to bring you into store. And so a lot of it sometimes is just showing up for trade shows where you know the buyers are going to be, or if you have buyer contact details ringing them, offering to go to a meeting, you know, saying I can bring the collection and show you and walk you through or sending emails, with the lookbooks and the price list. It's, it's just sort of that constant, you know, you keep going and you just got to keep the faith because a lot of times you will be reaching out to people and get rejected season after season after season until one day they're like, actually, yeah, it works for us now.
0: Awesome. Thank you for sharing that.
2: So at what stage were you building out your team and what was that process like? So the team is very small, and so not much to build. And that has just been, you know, some of it's trial and error, seeing what fits and what doesn't. Um, But then when you do find um, someone who gets it and is passionate about the brand, um, and is a good worker, then you sort of, it it just, it kind of falls into place, but um, it doesn't always work at first. And you yeah. do. You might have to kiss a few frogs. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Speaking of keeping things small, you know, I love the fact that when I go to Nubian Skin's website, I'm not overwhelmed with choices and shades. Like, what's your approach to the inventory, the actual products and SKUs, and the balance of having enough but not too much?
2: Mm. Well, that was actually a very big learning process for us because our first collection of lingerie we made in China. So that was very high volume. And hosiery is always relatively high volume because it's all uh, made of machines. And so, you know, that was that was a learning that we had the first few years, was just figuring out how do we do this? How is it sustainable? How do we introduce newness if um, we do have such high minimums and we are a small company? Um, and so we've evolved over the years and now we no longer produce in the far east. So we produce much closer to home. Um, and, and, and that's something that we're still sort of learning on the job with.
0: I also love that you hire real models in all shapes, colors, sizes, tattoos, and all
2: was that (laughs) intentional on your part? You know what? It's funny because people always mention that. And to me, when I remember when I did the first casting, I was just like, these girls are gorgeous. Like, (laughs) that that was pretty much it. Um, and I remember when it came out, people were like, oh, you were so brave to use. And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> um, and so um, a lot of times the people we end up working with are people like I've met or people I've just really loved the look of. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we gel and they get the brand. And I just think they're like perfect ambassadors. I um, love it. Or for instance, with our Moroccan Nights collection, Florence, who we worked with, the whole collection was inspired by Morocco and was made in Morocco. And I wanted to sort of have that, you know, dichotomy of what Africa means for me. And it was, you know, that perfect combination of like the old with her scarification, but then also the avant-garde with the way that she's done it in such a new and modern way. Um, and and to me, yeah, so sometimes it's literally, and I met her at a panel that we were both on. And so, it, you know, and I was like, you are amazing. Let's work together.
1: So, yeah, it just is kind of serendipitous. Oh, wow. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more
0: Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, NA, copyright 2024. So, you know, with the introduction of Fenty Beauty and, you know, all the brands, we see them now waking up to the consumer needs of Black women. How do you mm. envision Nubian Skin continuing to lead the pack and to stand apart from all of that,
2: yeah, I mean, I think that's probably one of the things that's really interesting is as a new brand, when you do something that's innovative, it's great because it gets people's attention um, uh, The downside to that is as a new brand, you are you, you know you have less resources than a large company, and so for us, when we sort of started seeing all the long like big big lingerie brands starting to order all of our product, clearly the goal of sort of like looking at our colors and and seeing how they could enter the space, as it were, um, that can be a very intimidating thing because you go, goodness, they've got like a lot more money than me, they can do things cheaper than me. But I think the thing that I've come to terms with is it's all about staying one step ahead and really trying to lead. And so for us, when we came up with the Naked Collection, you know, we were like brilliant bras, panties, we know it, we get it, tights, we get it. But there's so many other things that women of colour need in a skin tone which aren't being addressed in the market, and that's when we came up with the Naked Collection. And so, um, you know, which has bodysuits and slips and camisoles and bandeaus. um, we're soon going to release the new bras. Um, so yeah, it's just trying to say, anticipate the needs of our customers and listening to the needs of our customers that they're telling us that they want.
0: I cannot wait. I mean, I just love everything you produce the Moroccan nights. So beautiful. So beautiful. So, you know, what? Everything sounds a little bit like it has been a smooth ride. And I know
2: that can't be true. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd love to know what were some of the mistakes you made along the way? Goodness, I'm still making them. Um, it is interesting because obviously people see the highlights. And they don't see just the sheer terror and horror that happens behind <laughs> the scenes. You know, from, as you said, like working with super high minimums And then, you know, running to issues of like, okay, we're out of sizes, but we can't really reorder because um, we still have other things we need to sell, you know, things like that, or figuring out, okay, actually working with certain manufacturers does work for us and sometimes it doesn't, or, you know, real like cash flow issues, um, dealing with unscrupulous brands, working with our intellectual property or you know, promising collaborations which don't happen. I and mean, there's just there's a lot to deal with when you are a when um, you're a small company and you're still learning, still trying to build a brand. So every day something absolutely amazing can happen. Like you know, you get that call from Beyoncé Salis But then I remember two years ago, just before um, it was New Year's Eve, and we'd sent this huge, huge order at great expense to Nordstrom, and the guy. The shipping company was like, "Yeah, you know, some information's missing." And so I was like, "Okay, I've sent him the information." He's like, "It's too late. I've sent it back to the UK." So you oh. can just imagine having spent thousands on sending something across, now being charged thousands for it to come back to you knowing that you're just going to have to send it back out. I mean, there's things and that happens like New Year's Eve. Happy New Year! Um, <laughs> so there's all sorts of really boring things like that, which are literally just gut-wrenching that happen on a very regular basis because, you know, that's part of it. That's, that's it's part just of it. All the disappointments that you sort of deal with, and if it doesn't drive you mad, well, then... At least, you know, you can still keep going another day. (laughs) Yes.
0: Well, thank you for being transparent about that. We're going to transition into a quick lightning round where you just answer the first thing that comes to mind. Are you
2: ready? Goodness, I'm terrible at these. Yes, go ahead.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll give it our best shot. Okay. Number one, what's a resource that has helped you in your business that you can share with a Side Hustle Pro audience?
2: Oh, that's helped me in my business. Um, You know what? I think it's listening to advice. At the beginning, I was very much like, I've got this, I've got this, I've got this. And realized that, okay, actually, and I'll say qualified advice, not everybody's advice is valid, but sometimes it is good to just say, actually, you know what? I might need some help. And somebody with a bit more experience might be able to give me some good pointers. All
0: right. Number two, what's a personal habit that has helped you in your business?
2: You know what? I like writing lists and I like even though I might not follow through, I really do like planning. Um, And so when I'm able to being able to really just sort of like say, okay, you know what, like get my inner nerd and my stationary stuff out and like write lots of this. And for me, that really just helps me keep my brain organized. Number
0: three, what's the best book or podcast episode that you've consumed recently?
2: Oh, well, that's a good one. Book wise. I just read, um, I mean, it has nothing to do with business, um, but I just read Underground, um, and the Underground Railroad. I can't remember if it's called Underground, Underground Railroad, but um, it was just, I hadn't been reading because I've just been really stressed out and it was one of the books that I got into and I just loved it and it was great for me to sort of fall in love with literature again. Number
0: four, who is a black woman entrepreneur who you admire?
2: You know what? I admire my mother so much. She's not famous um, and she's, you know, she doesn't work in the industry that I do, but she is, to me, just the epitome of everything I would like to be. Oh, and finally,
0: number five, what's your parting advice for fellow women entrepreneurs who want to be their own boss but are worried about losing that steady paycheck?
2: One thing is, I will tell you 100% losing the paycheck will hurt. It will hurt so much because that's the reality of being an entrepreneur. But that being said, I think you just have to be resilient and just keep going because that's what sets apart ultimately the people who succeed from those who don't and give up is having that resilience and saying, you know what, I believe in this and I'm going to stick it out. Love it.
0: Thank you so much for being in the guest chair, Addie. What's the best way that we can connect with you after this episode?
2: Of course. Well, obviously check out our website, which is NubianSkin.com. And we are very active on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. And all of our handles are either just forward slash NubianSkin, or one word, or at NubianSkin.
0: Awesome. Alrighty, guys. There you have it. This episode was brought to you by FreshBooks. For your free, unrestricted 30-day trial of FreshBooks, visit freshbooks.com/sidehustlepro and enter "Side Hustle Pro" in the "How did you hear about us?" section. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Side Hustle Pro. If you want to hear more from me, head on over to sidehustlepro.co. Forward slash side hustle corner to get my weekly side hustle diaries chronicles about my own journey from passion project to profitable business. And if you want to find me online, I'm at Side Hustle Pro on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Don't forget to join the Side Hustle Pro Facebook community. Go to sidehustlepro.co forward slash mastermind. And as always, if you love the show, do me a favor and subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Thanks, guys. Talk to you next week.